This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 88 of the Animaniacast. You can't sing when I sing. And you can't sing when I sing. <laughs> I love that dead gum sock. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We're the only podcast out there dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode, exploring all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And in the end, we give each episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother, Nathan. Mr. Nathan isn't here right now. This is... Alice B. Toklas. No, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> and joining us across the country, it's Kelly. Hi. Hi. Well, uh, I'm glad, Nathan, you were able to get a good funny line from this episode. Uh, today. Yeah, we- <laughs> I, I, was, I was postponing the start of the show because I was looking for <laughs> something to say. Um, yeah we'll get more into that in a minute so anyway for today we're going to be talking about episode 88 of animaniacs which includes the segments papers for papa amazing gladiators and pinky and the ralph 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 and uh yeah today's uh I, by the way <clears throat> you have to excuse me ladies and gentlemen i'm getting over a little bit of a cold so if i sound a little um congested um well i am so there you go Sorry about that. But <laughs> before we get into our discussion and everything, uh, Nathan, Kelly, what would you tell somebody if they asked you, what, tell me a little bit about episode 88 of Animaniacs. Uh, what would you tell them, Nathan? It's the most hip hippo episode yet. <laughs> yes, ever, I think. That is very true. Yeah. And Kelly, what about you? The old man in the sea tolls the bell when the sun rises. Ooh, nice combination. (laughs) I literally just thought of that. Oh, very good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? Uh, Okay, so, Joey, this episode first premiered on October 19th of 1996, which was, of course, a Saturday again. Uh, This was one day after Robert De Niro and Kevin Bacon starred in the movie Sleepers. It was also about a week after Bob Dole and Bill Clinton held their first presidential debate. And uh, just over a week after, Robert uh, Rupert Murdoch launched the Fox News with uh, Roger Ailes as uh, CEO. Woohoo! Lots of stuff. (laughs) <laughs> um, I remember when, not to get excited about. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I remember when Fox News first got you know going. I seem to remember it not being that successful. I remember it kind of. Um, I don't know. I remember going to New York in uh, the 1997 and seeing the Fox News studio and going, "Oh yeah, Fox News." Like at the time, they were kind of like, "Oh yeah, there's." They're kind of struggling to make it or something. There was, but of course that's that's proven not to be true these days. They uh, 
they're this they're the endorsed uh, <laughs> news network of the uh, United Na- the United States these days. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, well, no, no, not the United States, the president. That's true. That's very- president of the United States. So, yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyway, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. It's a, t- it a changing time, I guess we could say right there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, today's episode had a new variable verse uh, to start things off, and it was Quiche Lorraine. And I don't think I've ever had a quiche Lorraine pie or anything. Have I've had quiche, but I don't know about quiche Lorraine. How about you two? No. No. Nathan? Uh, just, just the quiche for me. Just the just quiche. quiche. No Lorraine? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well, let's go ahead. And before we get into our, our major segments, let's talk about these uh, interesting <laughs> hip hippo, well, I guess more like Flavio commercials. This could be you. These could be your thighs. These could be your biceps. These could be your chins. So the first uh, com- first thing that happens before the theme song or anything is actually a commercial for Choco Dot. And apparently this was a reference to some Solo Flex commercials back from the 90s. Which, yeah, it sounds like it... I, I think that sounds somewhat familiar, like zoom-ups on a guy's pectorals and stuff like that, saying, this could be your abs, and these could be your arms, and blah, blah, blah. This could be your arm. This could be your chest. These could be your shoulders. This could be your thigh. And, uh, of course, instead of a uh, exercise equipment. This guy, Flavia, of course, just eats uh, bonbons like little chocolate stuff, and that's why he's that's why he's been working at it. He's been getting really fat, and it was kind of disgusting. And I don't know, but was it really that funny, Nathan? What did you think about this first car- commercial? I liked when they said this could be your elbow. That was the funniest part, I think. <laughs> Not much of an elbow right there. It was somewhere underneath all those... those yeah, things. and no one ever checks out anyone's elbow. Like, nice <laughs> elbow. <laughs> so just funny. <laughs> okay, Kelly, what's your verdict on this first cartoon? This first commercial, I should say. I like the chocolate. Mmm, that's true. If you're in the mood for chocolate... Are they Choco Dots? Because of Dot? I, Is it, you know what? I wonder flowers? that... They had a flower around in the box, and I was like, maybe that's like Dot's flower. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you can't think, you can't call something Dot's on Animaniacs without thinking of Dot, so you're probably right. I, it's, it's Dot's official candy. Just don't eat too many of them. All you have to do is work on it. Choco Dot Candies. Think big. Well, the next uh, commercial was Soak Soda. And in this one, it's a spoof of a commercial. I actually do remember this one. Where I do. You remember this one, too. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not alone. Because I showed it to my wife, and she had no idea. She totally forgot the original cart- uh, commercial. But in this um, commercial, all these women are saying, Oh, it's time. And they all look outside to watch Flavio drink this soak cola. And he's, you know, he drinks it, and he's all sweaty, and they get all sweaty and everything. 
and he burps and it's really disgusting. But and they're all like, oh. And it says, get soaked at the end, which, okay, interesting. <laughs> Come on, get soaked. Good night, everybody. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, I, how did that get by the sensor? Well, <laughs> again, I showed this to my wife last night. She goes, so what do you think about that? And she goes, well, maybe they're just soaked with sweat. I said, there you go. That's what you would tell the network sensor. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this was in reference to, I think it was a actually a Diet Coke commercial. Is that what you remember, Kelly? I just remember Coke. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't recall if it was Coke or Diet Coke. Yeah, it was one of those things. But it it's was... all, I live in Atlanta, so it's all Coke here. Even Pepsi is Coke. Diet Coke break. Diet Coke break. I don't want you. Oh uh, yeah. So, so yeah. This was like a big commercial at the time because we were so used to kind of like Cindy Crawford drinking Pepsi and everything, and guys ogling her. Well, the guy was pretty good looking too. Yes, he was. Okay. I'm, as far as I remember, I mean, I, I don't exactly. I, I don't remember his face. So. I'm confident enough and secure enough in my <laughs> masculinity to to affirm that yes, he was a very attractive man. So there you go. <laughs> But yeah, that was the kind of joke. It was the uh, reverse sexism joke that yeah, you know, and I, I think it was kind of parodied a lot back then. If you know, if I remember, yeah. So at the time, this would be, I mean, everyone would know. Oh yeah, they're they're parodying this at the time. But now it's kind of like, what are they doing? Um, the woman looked very familiar. Did you notice the main character that? Uh, did she you... looked like the cosmetics lady. Yeah, from uh, Edward Scissorhands, right? Yeah, yep. Yep. So I think it's like mm. the same character model from um uh what is it, Skullhead Bony Hands was the Yeah, that the thing? Like it. Yeah. Mm. So I think they just yeah. pulled that character model out and I just so. used her again. So it was nice to see her again. I was like, Oh, okay, that's she she uh that's her day job before she goes home <laughs> with Skullhead Bony Hands. So there we are. That that was that commercial. Anyway, any additional thoughts on this one, Nathan? What did you think about it? Um, I like that they weren't fat shaming him, I guess. Although I guess the whole thing is kind of a joke that he's fat. So maybe I take that back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? I thought it was cute. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, and it was nice. Well, this next one was kind of compared to the other two, pretty forgettable. It's, uh, called, well, working out and Flavio, Flavio, Flavio does <laughs> not Flavio. He's you never mind. Flavio does another ad parody where he just kind of shows his gut and it's just like his shirt is you know bursting out and eventually he flashes his gut and there's like a woman screaming in horror. So, do you work out? I most certainly do. Then show us. <laughs> They're they're sending us mixed messages in these uh, cartoons. Is he is he attractive or not? And in this last one, he's definitely seen as not attractive because the women do not like him. All of a sudden, <laughs> I was a little confused, and I kind of just kind of skipped over this last commercial because I didn't really get it. What did you think, Nathan? It was short. <laughs> short. <laughs> Very short. 
<laughs> Kelly, anything to say about this quick one? No. Yeah. All right. Well, that's your commercials. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get right into our main segments. The first one is called Papers for Papa. And Papers for Papa was written by Brett Baer and David Finkel. It was directed by Adu Payton. And Kelly, can you tell us what happens here in Papers for Papa? Well, uh, we see Ernest Hemingway at his house. And for anyone who happens to not know, uh, Ernest Hemingway is a famous writer. Uh, led a very interesting life. Um, it was so interesting that he actually was a character in the Italy 1918 episode of the Young Indiana Jonas Chronicles. Just saying. I remember that one. That was a good episode. And Pernilla August was in that one, too. Do you remember um, Shmi? I do remember Shmi, but I don't remember her in that episode. She she was like the mom of the woman that they were courting. Is that all she so. plays is just moms? She just... <laughs> She just says that ability. Yes. <laughs> Even when she was 10, she was playing uh, mothers. Oh, <laughs> she's just a motherly sort of uh, character, I guess. But um, so we, we see Ernest Hemingway and he's really struggling to to write. And he keeps balling up his papers and throwing them outside. And there's this literal, literal mountain of wadded up papers. And he's just having the worst day of, of writing. Um, so he he makes a vow that he will never put pen to paper again. I got it. Page one. No! I'm no writer. From this day on, I shall never put pen to paper again. Never! So then the Warners show up, and they're delivering paper to him, and they need him to sign for it. And he he completely freezes. He's like, I, I cannot put pen to paper. This is it's not going to happen. I can't take the pressure. <laughs> hey, isn't that John Tesh? <laughs> That's not John Tesh. That's a big block of wood. Your point is. Thus begins all these, you know, hijinks and adventures uh, where they're trying to get him to sign. And, um, well, at first he didn't even want him to open the door. And that's what Nathan's reference was uh, when we just started talking because that Alice B. Toklas, he was pretending to be Alice B. Toklas. So he's like, no, she's, I'm, her Hemingway's not here. This is Alice B. Toklas. Pushpin office supply delivery for Mr. Ernest Hemingway. Mr. Hemingway isn't here right now. This is uh, Alice B. Toklas. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. You can't fool us. Alice B. Toklas doesn't live here anymore. Who's Alice so B. Toklas, they- by the way? I didn't. I didn't get that reference. Who's Who's this? I know I should have looked that up beforehand, but I totally missed it. Uh- um, this Anybody? is where we start something where we talk uh, about who Alice B. Toklas was. Alice B. Toklas was an American-born member of the uh, Parisian of the early 20th century and the life partner of American writer Gertrude Stein, obviously. Gertrude. Gertrude, Nathan. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just oh, have that's a Wikipedia page up. I don't okay. know. I don't... Oh, yeah. Now I know the name. 
Okay, yeah, they they pop up and, you know, magically appear in his house and really start annoying him. And uh, that's about it until they finally uh, get him to sign the piece of paper. Yeah. And then he put period at the end. And then it's like he's really inspired and starts writing all over the the signature sheet. And they're like, well, we kind of need that receipt back. And um, he's like, you know, Ernest Hemingway was a cool man. And period. And he wrote a bull. Period. (laughs) He just gets really into it. (laughs) So... Ernest Hemingway fought with a fish, period. Ran with the bulls, period. Is a middleweight champion boxer from Stanford, period. Um, we need that receipt, please. Tough luck, weasel. I'm Ernest Hemingway and I'm not afraid of anything, period. Please? No, now leave me alone. I'm expressing myself. The sun also rises. Hmm. Not afraid of anything, eh? No. Not even your pal Gertrude Stein in a harem outfit? It took me the second time watching this to really appreciate it a little bit more. <laughs> but uh, there's there's tons of Ernest Hemingway references in this uh, in this cartoon. I mean, they're they're showing like the gre- green hills of Africa. And when he puts himself, when they get into the, uh, you know, trenches of World War One, he puts himself in a cannon and says, Farewell, arms! They go to Spain, they do the running with the bulls. These are all things, of course, Ernest Hemingway did. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of other literary references as well, um, and art references. I mean, they, of course, they mentioned Gertrude Stein a few times. <laughs> In not so glowing terms, talking about her being hairy, and then later on Ralph dresses up like her in a in a I don't know like a belly dancer thing and scares Ernest Hemingway away. Um, but there's other things like uh, when they are running after Ernest Hemingway and uh, Yakko says, "Oh, get this! I you know this he gets this fish hook or fishing line," and he says. This thing's been poking me since the Melville delivery. And, of course, Melville was the one who uh, wrote uh, Moby Dick. So, therefore, you know, fishing pole makes sense. And, and that's a that's a moment, I think, where they were playing little snippets of the song called The Trout that I was talking about. Yeah, tell us, um, tell us about what The yeah. Trout is all about. I Well, it's actually like a German song. Um, and I looked it up right before we started recording, and it's by Schubert. Um, but the English translation that we sing, I, I sing the song in chorus, um, and so I don't know if it's a di- you know direct translation from the German lyrics or, or what you know what it was because um, I, I feel like originally it was just written as um, orchestral and didn't have lyrics, but I, I could be wrong. I I don't know its history, but I have looked it up before because um, it's 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 an earworm, but um, it's about a a guy that walks up, up, up upon the waterway and he's a beautiful trout and then he sees a fisherman and he's like well you know my trout's so lovely my trout cannot be caught and then the um fisherman muddies the water so that you know i guess it disorients the trout and he ends up getting him <laughs> i mean it's just it's sort of like this homage to this beautiful trout who gets caught in the, by the fisherman oh 
Well, there you go. So it's it's amazing how you can like find those little things every now and then that just pop up. You go, wait a minute. It literally was just like maybe five notes of that song or something. <laughs> I like I know that piece of music because I sang it eight million times in eighth grade chorus. I really wish you know somewhere maybe in the Warner Brother archives there might be um, just the music tracks just by themselves. Um, I'd love to see sometime a like a Richard Stone soundtrack to Animaniacs. Not of like everything, but just a few things because there's just so much complexity in these uh, in these background songs that you can really find a lot of stuff. Well, there's also a reference to uh, what's his name, Jim. I, I can't even pronounce his last name because I don't know how to say it. Jim Lovell. Jim Lovell. Lovell. Yeah. Wacko says at one point. The world more times than Jim Lovell, and uh, that's a, I had no idea who that was. But Kelly, who is he? He was a, he was an astronaut. He yes. is an astronaut. Yeah, he's still alive. He's yeah born in nineteen twenty eight. So he's not the he's not a young astronaut these days. I don't think he's been up there in the past few years. But uh, I believe he was on Apollo thirteen, which I still need to see that movie. I feel so horrible. I've never seen Apollo thirteen. James Horner did the music. Uh. Oh, yeah, and there's also uh, Salvador Dali was shown. They ran by Salvador Dali when they were going to Spain, and he was just drawing some clocks. But, of course, they ran past him, and somehow that made the clocks melt, which uh, is, you know... Famous was, painting. Yeah. What's it called? Persistence of Time? Is that what that one's called? I... I think. Now you're throwing me, because I thought it was Persistence of Memory. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's probably it. Probably it. The clocks threw me off. All I know is that he, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Salvador Dali ended up painting a lot of melting clocks. I don't think it was just that. He's Anyway, he's just a weird guy. And uh, Salvador Dali and I, I believe, share the same birthday. So weird <laughs> people are born on May 11th. So there you are. <laughs> well, that goes, that that's pretty much it for the, the references and stuff. But what were some of your favorite moments or jokes in this cartoon? Um, Nathan, let's start with you. What did you like about this cartoon? I liked when they're getting their pictures taken after catching a, a swordfish. Um, that was funny, I think. And then they, <laughs> the last one is they're all laughing, and then uh, they're having a great time. And then like, and to think we would have never done this if we had just signed the paper. And then that just scares them off again. And it was kind of funny. Uh, yeah. This is fine. And of course, that initial knocking on the door was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, the lame jokes. I don't think those were particularly good. Even with the warning, it still didn't make it funnier. <laughs> there they are, Sibs, the Florida Keys, right between the Florida pocket lint and the Florida spare chain. Lame joke number two. Yeah, that's true. They did actually. I I don't mind the uh, the the Florida Keys joke was pretty stupid, but the running out of gas one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That that was not too bad. I've seen it. I mean, it's been done better. I think the first time I saw it was like a Bugs Bunny cartoon where the grim. It's like him and a gremlin in a plane, and at the very end, they just run out of gas, and that's the end yeah. of the cartoon. That was more that was build better. up to the. Yeah, it yeah. was more like we're gonna crash and you don't know what's gonna happen and they just run out of gas like that. That was funny, mm-hmm. but um, that's that's funny. And this one was just kind of whatever. And yeah. then I think Ernest Hemingway should have canceled his order sooner than when it arrived at his door. You know, 
I think the Warners are in the right. Like you should at least pay for the shipping. That's true. That's pretty expensive. So this is back in the yeah, day of CODs, you know, no CODs. Um, and then when when Pinky and the Brain are in it, like, is that do the does that go directly into a Pinky and the Brain episode? I wonder. Like, is there one where he's with Hemingway? I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that. I mean, our listeners can let us know for sure. That, but I, that would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> although I they doubt should have done that. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, was I don't the, think they did. Yeah, that, I don't think so either. I mean, they're they're in a very. I mean, the brain's been in that kind of costume many times. It looked very familiar to the one where, again, they were going to go get the Titanic, but um, I couldn't mm-hmm. tell for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I do agree, Ethan. That that one joke where he knocks he uh, knocks down the door and then didn't he ru- push it up again? No, the the Warners. I don't know. He had to put the door up so he could run out the door through the door or something like that. Like that was pretty mm-hmm. funny. But I don't know what it was. Like when you when you look at the gags, I don't know if it was the pacing or something it was off for some of this stuff. It just wasn't as funny as it could have been. I, I don't know exactly what it was. Uh, Kelly, what did you think though? What it, what were some parts that you thought were humorous or funny or interesting? I, I really like the way they worked in a bunch of the titles of his works into the um, episode. That's true. I mean, I did learn a little bit. I mean, I'm not a avid reader myself, but I did appreciate the literary references that they were putting out. And uh, I even the they were making a big deal about the period at the end. Ernest Hemingway, period. Huh. I like that. So, Ernest Hemingway fought with a fish. Period. Ran with the bulls. Period. He's a middleweight champion boxer from Stanford. Period. I'm assuming that's how he did sign his name? I'm not exactly sure. But he, uh, you know, I had to look up his sentence structure. Like, they're obviously alluding to something about his, his uh, form of uh, structure of writing. And, he was uh, very... Um... Uh, concise with his writing. Yeah, that's what I could see right here, too. It's like, according to this website here from Writer's Digest, they said, Hemingway wrote short sentences. He is known for simplified direct prose. And uh, so... That's what I said. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So it all all works out. So anyway, not the funniest cartoon, just kind of there, and they just were running around the place. I wish the animation was a little bit better in this one. It was okay, but I wish it could have been better. Yeah. Oh, well. Stay tuned for these words from our lovely sponsor. Way to kiss up, Dot. According to legend, General Grievous was known to boast of the number of lightsabers he had acquired from the bodies of his slain Jedi enemies. Grievous was the first in a long tradition of collectors of rare items. A tradition that continues to this day on the RetroZap podcast known as the Dork Lair. Dork Lair. Check out our retro 
The kids of the 70s and 80s are all grown up, but the good times of childhood don't have to end. Our generation can share the fun and fandom of our youth with the next generation and bring the past into the future. And wrap it all up to make a fantastic present. Join Jedi Schwa and Shaz Bazaar every Monday morning to get your work week started by reminiscing about the past and exploring the future with your earbuds on Techno Retro Dads. So find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or on RetroZap.com. Part of the RetroZap Network. Hello, genius people. Yako Warner here. The only show we listen to in the Water Tower is the Animaniacast. I bet you can't guess why. Good night, everybody! Well, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about the next segment. The next segment is called Amazing Gladiators. And Amazing Gladiators was a... St- this is a very... This has a lot of credits to this story. <laughs> Amazing Gladiators <laughs> is a story by Richard Daskus. And then it was written by Herb Moore, Andrew Austin, John Over, and Kevin Franks. And it was directed by Al Zegler. Um, is it a lot of writing for such a complex... <laughs> cartoon uh nathan what what happens here in amazing gladiators all right well we're on the set of amazing gladiators the reigning champions are announced and then also the hip hippos are announced and uh they introduce these new characters like what are these hippos doing on this show and it turns out that uh flavio uh, got them on there as a gift for uh, Marita's birthday, if that's their names. Uh, <laughs> that is, I believe. Yes. <laughs> Pretty close. Close enough to their names. Uh, <laughs> we really so, love the Hip Hippos, uh, think, in case anyone's yeah, wondering. We're, we're huge fans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you would assume uh, Flavio and Marita would not be very good at American Gladiators, because they're larger contestants, you know, and these other contestants are, like, very athletic However, they win about half of them just because they're so big that uh, they can't be moved kind of thing. So, uh, and even when they lose, the, uh, the, other, the reigning champions, they get injured because uh, things uh, backlash. So, like, um, there's a, the, the one that they lose, of course, is they have to move the hippo out of a ring. They can't do that. The one they win is you have to put on pants, and they can put on pants, but... Marita's pants break and her belly punches the woman off into the, the wall. Our next event, Pants of Peril! A bit snug. Ha! I won! What do you think of that, chubby? It seems like Marita loses all of hers and Flavio wins all of his. Oh, if I remember. But they didn't it's, care. It, they were having fun. It's yeah, they were having. They were just there for the fun. The the other guys, uh, they were they were very competitive, and the whole time, hippos are just like, hey, this is just so much fun. And then uh, the last, the, it comes out to a tiebreaker. And the last one is an eating contest. And they're like, oh, no way can we eat more than a hippo. But we got to try. But we can't eat more than them. We got to eat more. Come on and flex those chewing muscles. Come on, flex. Focus. We must focus. We can do it. Yeah, focus. So they're just eating so much food. 
Um, and they end up winning because it turns out the hip- hippos didn't eat any of it because gross uh, hot dogs and beans. Um, so they, they don't like that. Uh, and then they decide they're going to go on Baywatch. And I think that's the end. <laughs> yeah, they get to be on Baywatch at the end as a birthday present back for Flavio from Marita. So, yeah. Yeah. So we got two, really, I guess the only references there were, were American Gladiators, the main one, and uh, <laughs> Baywatch, which um, <laughs> I saw the movie Baywatch recently. Such a horrible movie. Oh, my gosh. I was like, it can't be that bad. It has The Rock in it. The Rock, I mean, he's in bad movies, but he's still enjoyable to watch. Oh, no. No, 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 no. This movie, bad. Um, so were the hip hippos in it? The hip hippos would have actually made the movie a lot better. And <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. The, and then American Gladiators. I don't. I remember the show. I never watched the show. Uh, Kelly, Nathan, did you? I mean, I, no, Nathan. You oh yeah, you watched it. I think it came on after something that I watched on Saturday mornings. So uh, yeah, I'd watch it. I I don't know. I like to see people fighting each other. The joust was the best part. Oh yeah, they didn't have the joust competition parodied in this. They had the one ball thing parodied in this cartoon, which I was glad to see. Like, okay, I remember them being in the big hamster ball. Um, it was kind of like a grown-up version of Double Dare. That's true. I was gonna say without the without the trivia though. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Nickelodeon really went back, and they they had a, a show called Guts, which was very much like the kids' version of. American Gladiators, I thought, where it was just, you know, kids doing obstacle courses, and I, very, I don't think they ever did trivia. Maybe they had to. I'm sure Nickelodeon probably had something in their broadcast mantra where they have to make it educational a little bit. Oh, you mean like you can't do that on television? Because oh. <laughs> that was not educational. Well, that was, that was early to mid-80s. That wasn't... <laughs> yeah, that was way back. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the guts, I don't know, Nathan, do yeah, you remember? I don't know. I never really watched it. I was just looking at the, uh, American Gladiators was actually canceled later this year, uh, in May. So it only had a couple more months left. Oh, really? So, well, they must've re, they must've yeah. just rerun a lot of those things. Like I found out yeah. the other day that Legends of the Hidden Temple only ran for like a season or two, but they made, oh, I- but they made enough episodes that they could just rerun it over and over and over wow. and over again for like three or four years. And um, so it never felt like it was really canceled, but yeah, there it's, it's just, it's funny how TV works. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but is this, is this cartoon funny though? I mean, is this amazing gladiators cartoon funny? I don't know. Uh, Kelly, what did you think? No, <laughs> it was. I mean, I yeah. It, I mean, I guess the funniest part was at the end where they didn't want to get into the pool of the hot dogs and sausages, and they're just being really fastidious about the whole thing. And and the 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 you know the couple that they were competing against was like literally swimming in the stuff, and that was funny. Yeah, they had to like suck up hot dogs through their nose and become yeah. incredibly fat at the end. Jim Cummings, I thought, did a really good job. He does the announcer, and uh, there's there's one particular part at the end where he uh, uh, says, "Who would have thought they could possibly eat more than a hippo?" <laughs> anyway, because you know Jim Cummings is awesome and can take even 
the a script like this and still make it very funny with his crazy performance. Nathan, what do but you, you have think? To question a, a script that's got like eight writers. Well, that's true. <laughs> really, I, isn't that amazing that it had not only was it like this many writers, but then it was also a story. <laughs> like Richard Daskus had a story, <laughs> and then he's like, "Here, this is here's the idea," and then like he had one, two, three, four people had to get together, separate people to actually. Well, probably Richard together really because he was supervising it. Five people writing this. Pretty straightforward, simple story. I, I, boy, that just. Confusing. It must be that they they had the concept and then just couldn't quite, you know, find a way to uh, to bring it to life. Yeah, I, I maybe just kept picking it up and putting it back down and picking it up and putting it back down to keep to get it finished. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, it's definitely. I think might be the most writers we've seen in a cartoon uh, to date. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it paid off. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nathan, what did you think about this uh, this cartoon? What are your thoughts? Um, it was maybe the best Hip Hippos cartoon. I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to go back to my records, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's saying uh, much, I but... <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, it They're might, just really not very likable characters, certainly. I would say it's top five of my Hip Hippos cartoons, for sure. <laughs> uh, so. And how many Hip Hippos cartoons <laughs> were there? There were at least four, maybe five or six. <laughs> six tops, though. I mean, you can't be that yeah. many, right? So. I mean, and then it counts, like, what What do you count it? it like, does 99 Tunes, does that count as a Hip Hippo cartoon? Because if so, then that would be my favorite. <laughs> yeah, or no, the best one would be the one that they're not involved in that much, the Hercule Yakko. That would be my yeah. oh, that was, favorite. Yes. That was the Hip Hippo's cartoon was... Yeah, they're like they had a part in it, and it was important to the plot, but yet they weren't in it that much. <laughs> the well, same they weren't in Noah's Lark all that much, were they? Well, they were fairly in it. They they were the main characters yeah. besides Noah. They were the well, yeah, but Noah's the part I remember because he's like, "What's an ark? It's this incredible bejewel of blocks containing the powers of the heavens, and it also melts Nazis." <laughs> Yes. I mean, that's what I remember from the episode. Yeah, of course, you have Indiana Jones running that's on. That's probably your favorite episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but it's it's up there. <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into a one last segment here. And uh, that's a pretty, well, it's, it's, it's pretty complex. It's Pinky and the Ralph. Coming soon to the Kids WB. And this is a promo for a uh, an upcoming spin-off series instead of Pinky and the Brain or Pinky Elmira and the Brain this is Pinky and the Ralph and uh it's it's just Ralph sticking his head inside the lab rat Pinky's cage it's weird that they call the lab rat cage but they're mice but anyway uh so he's sticking his head inside the mouse cage and they basically ask well what do you want to do tonight well I don't know what do you want to do tonight and it goes back and forth for a few minutes, it feels like. Gee, Ralph, what do you want to do tonight? Uh, I don't know. What, what do you want to do? Um, I don't know. What, what do you want to do? Uh, I don't know. What you want to do tonight? Hmm. I don't know. What do you want to do tonight, Ralph? Hmm, I don't know. What do you want to do? Gee, Ralph, I don't know. What do you want to do? 
I don't know what you want to do. Uh, it's cute. Uh, it's it's just uh, who's stupider though? Is it is Pinky or Ralph more of an idiot? I'm not exactly sure. What do you think, Nathan? Well, Pinky's a genius, so oh, obviously that's Ralph. Right. Yeah. Oh who? <laughs> what do you think, Kelly? I think Pinky's smarter. Yeah, me too. I think he's. He, I think Pinky had a little bit more initiative <laughs> to do something. But he was being too polite to Ralph to actually to come up with an idea, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it was cute. I don't know. What did you guys think about this last little segment before the credits aired? Nathan? Uh, I thought Jungle Book did it better. Remember that cartoon, The Jungle Book? Disney's The Jungle Book? A little bit. Well, you mean the... I remember The Bare Necessities. The the birds they do this whole thing at the end oh. and they say what do you want to do I don't know what do you want to do the Beatles like, birds no, don't start that again yeah they, they do it so much better they they <laughs> they did actually I think those birds were actually going to be voiced by the Beatles at first and then the Beatles dropped out if I'm not oh, mistaken wow. oh. I mean they ended up looking like they're like well let's just do parodies of the Beatles then <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, but anyway, okay. And Kelly, what about you? Any any thoughts on this last little segment? Oh, I thought it was cute. Um, I thought it went on a little too long, but um, <laughs> but I I thought it was a neat little spin on on the uh, what do you want to do tonight thing. Yeah. See, part of me says it went on too long, and another part of me says it should have kept going on longer, just for. It almost feels like if you if you went on for like if you really wanted to torture everybody, that in a way would become funnier because it's just like stop it. Yeah. But if um, you did it for another four minutes, <laughs> then it would be funny again, and then you stop it. Exactly. Four minutes of this. It's a great way to fill up time. And uh yeah. Who knows? Uh we'll see that in a reboot in the reboot will just be nonstop that for twenty two minutes. It'll be great. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, so take that, new writers. <laughs> Have fun with that idea. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and uh, get to our water tower rating. So what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Nathan, let's start with you. Uh, I guess I'll go with two and a half i don't know i would give it three but i gave last week's three and uh this one was not as good as last week's so then i have to give it lower so two and a half all right kelly what about you i'll go with three um i don't remember what i gave last week's you gave it a four (laughs) oh well then yeah definitely three is fine and um so uh uh yeah it was i i like the stuff i mean i'm all you know me i'm I'm an English major, so I'm all about the literary references. And, um, but it, yeah, it wasn't as funny as I guess it could have been. Um, but, it, you know, it was fine. Well, this is on the lower scale of Animaniacs episodes for me. I'm giving this one a two and a half uh, as well. Um, Nathan, just out of curiosity, because you, you were the keeper of the spreadsheet, what is the lowest <laughs> episode that we've, like, what is the episode that, like, we have like that we've given uh ranks to oh um like i have that information readily available 
Um, we'll just say it was We're No Pigeons, Whistle Stop Mindy, and Katie Kaboo, The Boken Date. We gave that oh, one a pretty low one. Yeah. Oh, there's also, uh, here's another, the the three, with three you get egg roll, Mindy, Mermaid Mindy, and Katie Kaboom. So it seems like <laughs> it's a Katie Kaboom. There's a pattern. With, <laughs> with good yeah. feathers. Good feathers. Oh, and... Yeah, Katie. Kab- it's the yeah. combination of good feathers, though, and Katie Kaboom that kind of pushes it over. I don't know. I the, and the funny thing is, I like the good feathers. <laughs> I don't well, mind. I like the good it's just I don't know some of those episodes. Anyway, and anyway, that's that. We'll have to we'll have to come up with our uh, with our, our best of and our worst ofs at the end of the uh, of our discussions of these episodes, just for curiosity's sake. All right. Well. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, get to some contact. Oh, wait, let's not do that. Well, a couple weeks ago, we had a survey uh, on our Twitter poll. So let's go ahead and go over those results. Was it about George Went eating beans? It was not. Although, as long as I'm pulling up the results, hey, folks, if you want to uh, participate in a cool survey that talks about our show and what we should talk about when we're done talking about Animaniacs episodes, well, then you should head over to survey.animaniacast.com and then you can let us know what we should talk about. Um, we, you know, obviously have Pinky in the Brain. There's uh, Tiny Toons. There's, uh, there's uh, what am I forgetting? Pinky in the Brain, uh, Freakazoid. Freakazoid. So, yeah. <laughs> And other stuff too, but those are our three main things. I'm sure we'll. And you can always, you can always add a comment about George Went eating beans. That's true. Right? There's a comment area. There's a little area in the end where you can leave any comment you want. So if you want to talk about George Went and how much you enjoy him eating beans or whatever, you can just leave it in the comment section at the end, and we'll yay, and we'll love to hear your <laughs> thoughts on George Went's eating, uh, bean eating habits. Well, uh, now that we've padded out that time. Let's go and go over the results from the poll that we had a couple weeks ago. The question was, which of these is your favorite cartoon with Mindy and Buttons? And this was round three. And the choices, at starting at the bottom, with 27%, people said, Whistle Stop Mindy. And then 35% said, The Mindy 500. But 38% said their favorite Mindy and Buttons cartoon, of those three at least, was Mermaid Mindy. Okay, but what do you guys think? What was your favorite Mindy and Buttons cartoon from at least those three? Uh, Nathan, what, did, what do you think? Oh, uh, I'll say Whistle Stop Mindy, I think, because they're on a train. Trains are fun. <laughs> <laughs> Trains are fun. Buttons had a cool little thing of going through a toilet and getting run over by a train, and I don't know. There's some yeah, interesting that stuff weird. there. Um, Kelly, what about you? I liked uh, Mermaid Mindy. And why is that? Oh, she was a little mermaid. <laughs> it, was, it was. She was cute. It was a cute little. Although buttons freaked me out. His his design. I did not like the seahorse buttons. Um, not a fan of that one. But yeah. Well, we're totally split on this one because actually, for some reason, I'm saying Mindy Five Hundred <laughs> is the one that I like the most. <laughs> so, uh, and why exactly? I don't know. <laughs> I think, I don't know. It's had some cute moments. Um, I don't know. I think John P. McCann wrote that one. Just something about it just is, 
is is funny to me. Although I did like Whistle Stop Mindy. Mermaid Mindy was cute, but not my favorite of those. Anyway, well, let's go ahead and get to the poll for this week. And Nathan, this is the poll we've been waiting for. Indiana is in the background. He's he's anxious as well. Excited, excited. All right, well, we did a little preview of it earlier in the show. You might be able to guess which of these Hip Hippos cartoons is your favorite one. So these are four that we remember. There's probably more, but hey, we can only fit four anyways. So uh, <laughs> uh, choice one is a moving experience. That's the one where they first move over to the city. It's a funny, fun thing. Uh, La Behemoth, they're doing an opera uh, while they're trying to clean the house because the maid has left. Uh, Noah's Lark, they're one of the two creatures on Noah's Ark, and they're causing issues because they want better quarters. And then today's episode of Ma- Amazing Gladiators, where they go on to American Gladiators. So those are the four options. Very cool. Okay, well, you could make your voice heard by simply going to twitter.com slash animaniacast or going over to hashtag animaniacast poll and you can make your voice heard well let's go ahead and get to some contact information kelly where can people get in contact with you online they can find me on twitter at yoda princess y-o-d-a-p-r-n-c-s-s or email me kelly at big shiny robot.com or you can find me on discord uh when my notifications are actually working um <laughs> kelly animaniacast all right and nathan what about you I am Nathan Animaniacast. Discord, that's me. Twitter, that's where you can find me too. That's Django FT. Is this confusing? <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> We're working on it. We, now you got two contact things <laughs> and it's confusing. I'll work. I'll fix it. Yeah, okay. it'll be better. All right, that sounds good. We we'll, we'll, can't wait for next week. We'll figure out what happens. Okay, and as for the Animaniacast, we are on Twitter, we are on Facebook and Instagram. And, uh, of course, we're over at Discord. You can uh, talk to us all over at discord.animaniacast.com, and that will uh, get you a little invite link to go right into the Discord community where you can talk to us and other podcasters and writers for retrozap.com. And, uh, boy, there's just there's tons of cool conversations going on. It's a great, positive place to go and talk about stuff that you like to talk about. And, uh, yeah, it's a great place. It, hey, just, just hit over there. Just, just trust me. You're going to love it. And uh, you can also email us, which is animaniacast at retrozap.com. And speaking of retrozap.com, hey, head on over there to see some great articles. And over the dozen, over like, I was going to say dozens, but there's a little less than dozens. So over 20-something-odd podcasts to listen to as well. You can actually subscribe to the RetroZap feed on iTunes or your favorite podcast player of choice, and you can listen to every single one of them, including this one, for free. Mm. Well, with that, it's time to wrap things up. So, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. 